0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Idle Chatter. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road. And this week, I think I only have one cat in the house. It's A-L-L-I-E, and she is sleeping. So we will know, well, who knows how far we'll get with it, right? So so God willing, she stays sleeping through the entire show. And unless someone comes meowing at the door or at the window... We should not have a repeat of next week, so uh, I want to thank you all for putting up with that, with the uh, feline escapades. They've been bringing in a lot of chipmunks into the house, and they, they I don't know how they carry them, uh, they don't seem to hurt them, and they, they uh, put them down in the basement where my office is, and of course the door is open for them to come in and out, well not for the chipmunks to come in out, for the cats when it's nice weather. And they put him in here, and then they uh, run around and chase the poor thing. So I was able to catch one the other day, but they did something to the poor guy's tail. Half his fur was, well, I should say about a third of his fur was missing. But I was able to catch him and put him in my hands and put him, uh, I put him underneath the deck. Because I, well, I had to catch him twice, because then Molly went out and got him again, the poor guy. So I don't know whether he made it or not. He had no visual signs of damage, but who knows what these guys do to them but they don't i don't honestly feel that they want to kill them that they just want to play with them so uh that is that let me see what else it's uh this past week since i've got together with you i felt like i feel like i uh work at a jiffy lube and if you yeah, we have listeners we're blessed with listeners all around the world and specifically north america and that was a chain that came up came out about 35 years ago in the states and maybe they had them in canada and they were quick lube centers and they, historically they br- blew up more engines than they ever changed the oil on because they used to hire these people that had no idea what they were doing and they would uh, the oil filters would leak or they'd crush them when they put them on or they didn't tighten the drain plug or they didn't, uh, so people would be <laughs> going out, and oil would be spewing all over. But anyway, I guess some of them were okay. It all depends on who you had working on it, right? But obviously, I never went to one in my life. But they popped up all over about thirty-five years ago in New Jersey. But the why I'm saying I feel like I'm in the working in Jiffy Loop because the past week all I did was change oil on equipment so uh that was basically that but that all needed to be done and i will tell you uh a little bit about that later on as we go into the topic of today's show which is nvh noise vibration and harshness and we're going to talk about noise about the noise in the equipment in engines and machinery and pumps and hydraulic systems and what have you and that's a uh an area of interest that I've always had, because to me, NVH, which is, as I said, noise, vibration, and harshness, it's not really a, a, a discipline that you would study in engineering, but it is a uh, a category that they would look at when they design machinery. I don't look at it when they design machinery. <laughs> so the thing basically is, and I was always very, very interested in NVH, with any type of machine because it is an indicator of a lot of things and i like a machine of any type with a low level of nvh so we will get into that today and hopefully you get some value out of that and if anything you get a thought process out of it and that's usually more important than anything else because if you could if i could hopefully god willing steer you into the proper thought process then you could apply that on as an engineer would say application specific but what I do want to do though is tell you a little bit of a backstory here and which is hey that's not uncommon if you listen to me my whole life is a backstory and I'm a firm believer in believing not believing remembering where you come from never getting too big for your britches, no matter who you are, no matter what you've accomplished in life, and that you always treat people, you know, it, 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 there's no caste society. No matter, you could be the President of the United States, and this guy's digging ditches or sweep, uh, pumping out septics. It makes no difference. All right, And I've always was that way and felt that way and lived, hopefully lived my life that way. And I also am a firm believer in never forgetting those that have helped you. So, if you put that all together, it's uh, what I wanted to, what I'm going to start to do on idle chatter, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about it a little bit every week. So uh, be prepared for it. But the backstory is when I started this whole journey, and I use the word journey because it truly is a journey, is that I wanted to get a logo, and you know, I'm going to be the hot rod farmer, right? So I need to have a, a logo, like a hot rod type of tractor. And, if, and I'm not sure if everyone who listens to this show has seen my logo. Because if you listen, for instance, like on one of the podcast hosting sites, Apple, or um, somebody called Apple, or Google, or God, somebody, Spotify, I don't even I don't even know if I'm on there, maybe I am, but anyway, is that you will never see my logo. You would have to listen to, to idle chatter, or, through my website or subscribe through my website which you can or go to my website farmmachinerydigest.com and uh look at the content there there's always over 100 technical articles there that are easy to read there's tests there there's a whole there's a, there's a whole lot of information there to supplement you listening to my show and I welcome and I invite you and welcome you to come there. But if you have never gone there, then is unless you have won when I was giving away the hot rod farmer license plates in the contest, unless you won a hot rod farmer license plate, you probably have no idea what my logo looks like, and how would you know, right? <laughs> if you if you don't go there and look. <clears throat> so, what happened was that I felt it was very important for for me to have a logo back. In, well, October, well, geez, it's going to be my 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 anniversary, October 25th. I don't even know what today's date is. I think today is it, whatever whatever. Well, I got to turn around and look at the calendar. Oh, wow, when this show drops, it is going to be my five-year anniversary of Vital Chatter. I didn't even realize that. So anyway, October 25th, 2018. I wanted to get a logo. And obviously, because it's Farm Machinery Digest, and i wanted something with a farm tractor and i wanted something that looked like a, i didn't want it to look like a tractor pole tractor because course you could get a lot of artwork with a tractor pole that looks like a tractor pole tractor and then but i wanted something that looked like a production agricultural tractor but it was hot hot rodded a little bit right and uh because i don't want to, i didn't want people to think as i was just coming out into the marketplace i oh this guy's a tractor pull guy not doing anything wrong with tractor poles, i love that but that wasn't the focus of this podcast and my website was educational so i searched for something and you know obviously i could not find it i shouldn't say obviously i could not find it and then by god's grace I came across this gentleman and this company. I can never pronounce his name, so I'm going to just use his business name. And I have it here, and so I don't mess it up. It's called Duck, D-U-C-K, the letter K, period, Design, Automotive Art Studio. So by some miracle, and I'm not using that term lightly, by God's grace, I was looking on the internet, and you know, and... uh, my internet expl- exploration skills are not the best, but I was stumbled upon this guy, Duck Design. And within the uh, artwork community, <clears throat> they call it cartooned out. All right. And what it, so it's exaggerated. The drawing is exaggerated from what its normal thing, normal image would be. But then also, being the hot rod farmer, right, and being a car guy, and i remember seeing and growing up and when they had they used to sell them back of hot rod magazine and carcraft t-shirt iron-ons and there was uh big daddy ed roth and they used to go by and they used to go by the name rat fink and you'd buy these and if whatever if you like that i remember i i liked the plymouth duster and uh so you'd buy this plymouth duster iron on from that written by a drawn drawn by rat fink big eddie ed roth and it was like and it was all cartooned out so it was like you had these big uh, the hot wheels cars if you remember those original hot wheels cars were based upon themes like that and it'd have like a a monster driving it a big blower through the hood and flames and uh, or and uh it would have a big shifter coming each one was a little bit different but you could you could find it for every car that you particularly like so if you were ss396 chevelle guy and then it would say SS, you know, Chevelle SS three ninety six. You know, takes no prisoners. It had some kind of tagline to it. Or uh, so I remember. I used to really like the uh, nineteen seventy three Plymouth Duster, and I believe he had one. And you'd, you'd buy it in the back, hot rod magazine, send away. <coughs> Excuse me. And you'd give it to your mother, right? And she would uh, iron it onto a T-shirt, and you'd have this iron on T-shirt. Then eventually they started to sell T-shirts with the transfers on them. So that always stayed in the back of my mind. And then when I was uh, doing my column for Hemmings Muscle Machines, uh, they wanted to have that same theme. So anybody who's an older car guy knows, you know, Rat Fink. That's R-A-T-F-I-N-K, Big Daddy Ed Roth. I guess when I used to see pictures, I mean, it looked a lot like Wolfman Jack, or what I remember, if you remember from American Graffiti, Wolfman Jack, who actually was a DJ and did exist back in the day so i had in my mind now i can't draw anything but i could conceptualize things i can't draw a straight line so i had my mind that i wanted like a big daddy ed roth rat fink production looking tractor but not to the point where it looks like a pulling tractor so what had happened was that to get back on track here by god's grace i stumbled upon duck design and he has a whole bunch of different cartooned out ed fink style maybe now with a monster in him ed fink style uh big daddy ed roth themed drawings so i happened to look for it and lo and behold he had a farm tractor and there's a massey ferguson farm tractor i forgot which one uh, the one before the 8s that's out now so anyway with a care button and it had so. I mean, if you know my if you know my logo, then I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. It had a a a, a, a blow off sticking through the hood and flames coming out of the exhaust and the chrome exhaust and the rear tires are smoking and uh, really was I mean, it was exactly dead nuts what I wanted. Exactly, it wasn't too crazy, and it was dead nuts what I wanted. It had chrome wheels on it and it was all drawn. <clears throat> so I reached out to him. I said, I'd really be interested in that. You know, purchasing the, that from you to use as a logo, and uh, but I would like to make some changes on. it. I like to have American flag waving, American flag added to it, and then I want you to put idle chatter on it and uh, and make the idle look like it's shaking, and vibrating. You know, idle chatter, so chattering, right? And then, uh, so when I wanted you to take Massey Ferguson off of it and put Machinery Digest. So he said, oh, I could do it, no big problem. So anyway, so he did that for me in no time whatsoever, and to much, much acclaim. I The people have seen that logo, and I have it on my business card. <clears throat> and he was wonderful to work with, wonderful to work with, and a, a true, true art, artist, and a true, true passionate artist about machinery. So why I'm telling you this is I want to help duck but what idle chatter is about what this show is about i said it right from the well from the beginning i haven't maybe mentioned it now 300 shows later but the whole impetus of me doing this was a transfer of knowledge to transfer knowledge to the audience in the agricultural community about different aspects of farm machinery subsystems hydraulic systems alternators or charging systems what have you but also under the guise of transfer of knowledge it's important for me to be able to convey to you and then you do with it what you want like anything in life convey to you different companies or groups or products that i believe in and uh and i believe in duck k Designs. so what what i'm going to ask you to do is go to his website which is www.duck and that's d-u-c-k hyphen designs d-e-s-i-g-n that's S D E S I G duckdesign.com he also has a facebook page and an instagram page but and look through what he has there he has so many different drawings but why i'm telling you this is that you could work with duck and he's so he's so easy to work with and he is so cost effective to work with is the best way for me to say it is that you could have him take you uh you could take a picture tell him this is i have this combine right i have a fent combine i have this i have to have a john Deere tractor, and you could make him have him make him you could have him make a beautiful logo for your farm even if it's not for your farm for yourself and once you get that artwork you could do anything you want with it from him. So you're buying the artwork from him, and it's very inexpensive. He has the op- the ability to put it on cups, to put it on jackets, to put it on t-shirts, or what have you. But you could get it embroidered if you wanted. If you wanted to have something embroidered, if you wanted to just have it blown up like a like a like a poster and have it framed and put on your your office wall, the the opportunities are endless for not only something really creative and eye-catching to promote your farm or your business but to give as a Christmas present because we we're always coming up on that season and uh so every week I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it because I believe in him so much and I want to help him because he helped me and you know and, and his you know his uh tagline is drive with distinction farm with passion And I know so many of you have, I mean, it doesn't have, you could have a whatever, a 69 Chevelle, you could have a a 2009 Dodge Charger, you could have an old Ford tractor, you could have a John Deere 4020, whatever, is that you could open up a line of communication with him. But the important thing that I want to tell you is that it makes a great gift, it makes a great great appearance for your farm you could take that artwork you could put it on a sign on your i mean it's unlimited what you could do with so every week moving forward i'm going to be telling you a little bit more about duck designs what he has and why you should consider working with him to do something and i'm this is i'm not getting paid for this, this is not the, what it's about it's a transfer of knowledge a good resource for you and if you're a car guy you you you, have, you can have your your car put on there, whatever he it's unlimited what he could do now you say well i don't want a hot rod looking tractor of combine i just want to i just want well he could do that also there's honestly there's very little that he can't do and once you have that artwork it is up to you to do whatever you want with it so just check him out duck let me just get so i don't get his website messed up so it's duck d-u-c uh duck designs so you can just do an internet search duck design studio and it's d-u-c-k dash designs but when he does his when he made his logo the d-u-c is is uh, a different color than the case so check that out please all right and do yourself a favor and uh and you know even if you want to do something say well you know uh frank's charger dodge charger whatever whatever it, it's unlimited and 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 i just keep repeating it is that don't be afraid because you think oh my god this guy's gonna charge me five thousand dollars it's not right so check it out and it's important for you to uh to have that in your back of your mind right and what a wonderful gift that would be for somebody for Christmas. You could have it on a shirt. You give them the, you, I mean, you would own the artwork. You could put on that. You could put on coffee mugs. You could make posters for the wall. You could put on your farm sign. You could have it embroidered. So it's whatever you want it to be. All righty. So with that done, I'm going to just get a drink of juice over uh-huh. here. I'm drinking my Florida's Natural, which is now Florida, Brazil, and Mexico. That's what I spoke about before. A couple of weeks ago much to my chagrin. Well <clears throat> nineteen minutes into the show. So don't worry every week I'm not gonna tell go nineteen minutes into duck design. So don't worry about that. But what I want to talk about as I was saying is N V H but I want to give you a little bit about what I what, give you some other things that I was doing here at the farm and maybe they'll have some value for you. All right, I went and uh, first thing I wanted to say to you is that during on my farm tractor which is a new holland and i would have to say since it was new it's a 2002 i bought it new is that uh maybe i would literally say 99 percent of all fuel that went through it has been additized and i'd say it's probably about one percent of fuel that went through it since i had it that has not been fully aditized and historically, that happens during corn harvest, because what we do is uh, we hand pick, as you know, we use hundred pound picking bags, and then we take the bags out of the field, put them in a bucket of tractor, and transport them that way. All right. So I like we carry them out of the rows because I'm very I have travel lanes and I want to compact my soil. And then what will happen is that so this all makes sense to you, is that I unlike most of you or almost well, probably many of you, but specific. Uh, is that i do not have on-farm fuel storage here for my diesel and the reason for that being is that i have about a mile uh, probably a little bit more than a mile i'll say a mile and a quarter away down the county highway route 517 there is a shell station that sells diesel fuel and i'm a small time mickey mouse operator i'm not like you guys most of you that are listening that have big you know substantial operations and i don't use that much fuel so it doesn't pay for me to go through all that i just drive the tractor there and fill it up and then and then come back to the farm and It takes me uh, less time to drive it there on the highway and then it does uh then it would have been to go back you know, if i had storage and whatever so so that is why and then what happens is that during harvest i there's an occasion that i will not put the additive in all right so because the additive is back up at the shop and in the in the garage and then the, which i use as my shop and then uh and whatever just the dynamics don't work all right so if i was able to because what i'll do is that i will take the additive with me and i'll put it in before i f- i just as the, just at the station when i just the, before i fuel so it mixes well and uh so there's a couple of times like i said maybe once or twice a year that i don't do that so what happened was that the last and you know in life you get used to something like anything in life and when you get used to something you don't hear it and you don't see it all right and i always uh and you know i'm a big proponent of advertising fuel so and sometimes in life you need to just re-show yourself again right re-show something or re- I don't want to say explore, but reintroduce yourself to it. So what happened was I went to the shell station, and I got filled up with fuel. It was during harvest. And then I got back to the farm a mile, let's say a mile and a half away, and got back to the farm. And uh, I always like to, and that's what we're talking about NVH, I always like to listen to all my equipment, listen to all my machinery. And the thing is, that I don't care whether it's the refrigerator or the washing machine or the farm tractor or an engine or what have you, so electric drill... So I always like to listen to my machinery. And uh, I get back to the farm, and that little diesel is actually pretty nice diesel. It's naturally aspirated, and uh, the transmission is really a little bit louder than the engine. So if you press the clutch in uh, and you disengage it, then you could get the true sound of the engine. And I come back to the farm, and it it was almost empty. So I had the fuel in there, filled it up, and I said, boy, you know, it does sound oh i'm not gonna it's gonna sound different that's what we're gonna be talking today, different it's sound is it louder uh, i'm going to explain that to you as we hopefully get into the show it does sound different the combustion sound the combustion the combustion sound is different than it normally would be it's not bad it's not obnoxious but it's different so then fast forward I ran out of that tank of fuel and I said, well, i'm gonna really you know advertise it properly this time i'm gonna prepare myself instead of running in the middle of harvest and just running there and so i'll i'll just take the additive have it in the tractor with me and then what have you so then i go back to go back to the station i don't know when a week later whatever it is and i put my additive in before i fill and i fill up the tank with diesel fuel and uh and which is supposed to be 40 cetane fuel—that's what the pump says, right? So who knows? And come, you know, drive the mile and a quarter or so back to the farm, and put you know put my clutch in, and, uh, and lo and behold, it proved it to me. One, it proved it to me again. The engine sounds dramatically different with the advertised fuel. So, I so it it once again it proved to myself because i had the aba i had the advertised fuel i filled it up with unaditized fuel had a different sound than filled it up with advertised fuel and the engine sounded dramatically different and nicer not that it sounded bad before all right so that is keep that in the back of your mind all right then what had happened i'm going to divest for a minute here because i want to tell you but i got some cheat notes here is that i like i said i was using this week to and I'm still not done, but maintaining equipment and doing stuff that I shouldn't. That I that I told you that you needed to do right. That I'm doing myself now, and I want to get my backup generator. Well, not backup. They're portable generators, my uh, the Generac I bought last year, and the Briggs and Stratton. So I. Uh, the G- generac only had 1.4 hours maybe 2.4 hours on the oil so i didn't change i use mobile one in it. it only has like 14 hours on the unit and the uh the briggs ever since i brought it back from jim condon last year i guess i fell out of, i fell out of love with it when i had the problem with it and uh I stood them both in the garage under a workbench, and it looked like hell. It was filthy dirty. The cats go on it. I mean, the raccoons go on it. And uh, so I said, I got to get this thing all cleaned up. And I never started it since I brought it back just about a year ago from Jim Condon. I think I brought it back just after Thanksgiving. I think it was Thanksgiving I brought it back. And uh, <clears throat> so I said, all right, I got to get this thing out of here. I got I to gotta do right by it. and I got to make sure everything works. So I did the I did the Generac first, which all I needed to do was really just check it over, lubricate all the the hinge points, you know, the handle, the wheels, and everything with the, with the spray silicone. Uh, cause I said check the oil. Believe it or not, it was a little bit about an ounce or two down in oil, so I topped that up, and uh, and then also I um, you know filled it up with gas, and I always treat that gas with the Techron Power Sports additive. And I said, okay, I'm going to run it, and I'm going to, uh, and I wanted to uh, get a a floating battery charger because the one Generac gave you wasn't a floating battery charger, and it was so Mickey Mouse that where they had it plugged into the console, the plug didn't fit tightly, and then I looked subsequently on the internet, and a lot of people complain about that. So I said, so I ended up buying a a tractor supply. Uh, harbor freight Sentech battery charger which i'll tell you a little bit later on in a minute or so and uh wanted to hard wire that they have they either give you two harnesses with alligator one with alligator clips and the other with, with eyelets that you could hard wire it to the battery so i wanted to hardwire that so i did so i wanted to do all of that and then i wanted to run it and i wanted to put a load on it and uh what have you so so i th- so i di- i did that i wanted to wax it and they washed it waxed it to change your right and uh, i ran it and put a 1500 uh, 1500 watt uh resistive load on the generator now when it comes to electrical loads that you put on something and it makes no difference whether it's your house your farm shop whether you have a a standby generator or or a portable generator like i have for all intents and purposes there's two types of loads that you could put on it one is called an inductive load and the other is called a resistive load now an inductive load is basically in essence an electric motor so if you have something with an electric motor so if you let's say you run your well pump off your generator because the power is out then that is going to be an inductive load and an inductive load has not just to oversimplify it has i don't want to say the potential propensity to uh put some harmonics back into the generator or back into your line if it's a you know line voltage current from the power company and then if you have a resistive load a resistive load basically is like a heating element so if you have you're making toast in the kitchen right and you push down the toaster that is a resistive load but now I was using a little uh, portable heater a 1500 watt portable heater so that was a in theory it had an inductive load because it had a fan motor in it not a powerful one and a resistive load but the predominant load on that was resistive not inductive because the heating element is much more powerful than the fan motor now if you plug in a shop vac and if you want to and and then you put a shop vac in then that's going to be an inductive load and those put a lot of harmonics back into the and that's that's just the nature of the beast all right so if you if you you went to a, a, a printing plant they had big electric motors and on the plant on the facility that they actually have filters to filter the harmonics the total a thd total harmonic distortion the fundamental total harmonic distortion the skewing of the sine wave, so it doesn't go back into the grid and if you put it back into the grid the power company usually fines you or charges you so anyway but um, this is this is not the case so what i did is i ran the um uh, the generator to the, the generac off of the uh inductive lo- excuse me the, the resistive load and everything was fine and what have you and then i waxed it and put it away and the paint and that thing is terrible oh my god looks like they painted the gas tank in a sandstorm but whatever we won't go there because you know i'm not in love with it but it does run well okay it does do what it's supposed to do and it's an awkward unit to work with. Everything is awkward to change the oil. I it just, it's, I won't go there because you've heard all my complaining about that last year. So then I went over to the Briggs. And so I said, well, geez, you know, I don't think there's any gas in the Briggs, but there was probably about a eight ounces or 10 ounces of gas in the Briggs. I know Jim Condon, who fixed it for me, he pumped the gas out. And I put it, I came home with it last year took it off the back of the pickup truck with the with the tractor and I stuck it in the workbench and never even started it so like I said I had fallen out of love with it so I pulled out I said like well, I gotta give this thing some love right and then I said let's see if it runs and sure enough I looked in the tank well, there's a little bit of gas and I thought it was empty and uh so I said let me put the turn of fuel on let me pull the choke out and I I, I the, the thing started like it was like I had started that afternoon, uh, three hours before. I don't think the crankshaft turned 720 degrees. Remember, vroom, she started, didn't, never missed a beat, and I checked the output voltage again on it, and everything is... That one I have hot rod a little bit. I got the AVR, the automatic voltage that turned up a little bit, so she's got 123.7 volts with... Uh, Uh, with no load and about six the the hertz on a generator is predominantly the rpm of the engine so if you if it runs at 3600 in theory you should have 30 you should have 60 cycles per minute so if you check the hertz on your generator and it's low then usually the rpm is low so i have this hot rod at a little bit higher voltage 123.6 i think it was And then I have uh, the hertz at about 60.661. So that means that the RPM is probably about 36... 50 maybe 30 680 and the reason why i like to do that is that if you go and run the whole house with it and you pull down the load a little bit then it'll be 120 121 all right with the with you know running the house if the power goes out and you'll be about 60.6 60.2 hertz you'll be right there so if the governor doesn't compensate 100 percent, dead 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 nuts on you're giving yourself a little wiggle room right so the generac is uh like 118 119 bump uh, volts uh with no load on it with the with the resistive load it was just about the same and the hertz is just a little uh, just just about 60 it's never in the, to the 50s like 60.2 so it's right there but the the i have the uh briggs hot rod it up a little bit more which i think is better so anyway, so things started right up, and then I went through both. I went through that. I washed it. I clay barred it. Anybody who's a car detail, likes a detail, knows about a clay bar. I clay it, I put my Griot's Garage Car Nuba wax on. I changed the oil, put my mobile one in and lubricated everything, and filled, you know, filled it up with gas with my Tecron you know, power sports and small engine and, and what have you. All right, Then uh, what had happened was that when I, I use a kilowatt. It's a cheap meter, all right. It plugs into the side, so- plugs into a wall socket, all right. It's and you can buy one for like twenty five dollars in Harbor Freight or other places, maybe even less than that, all right? And it gives you voltage, hertz. Uh, And you plug, you plug, so you you plug the kilowatt meter into the receptacle, and then you could plug whatever your load is, a hairdryer, electric clock, whatever you, into the kilowatt meter. And so what that basically does with nothing plugged into the kilowatt meter, just plugged into the socket, you're able to read your line voltage and your hertz all right there's no load on so you can't read any wattage or, or or any amperage because there's no load but then once you plug something in there you have four degrees of freedom i shouldn't say they're not degree four uh, they're not degrees of freedom i shouldn't say that you have four areas that you could look at all right so you could still look at voltage you could look at amperage you could look at wattage and you could look at at, at hertz so i like to use that uh when i'm checking stuff and i mean it's a cheap meter but it's i have a, a better one and it's it's accurate enough for what you or i want to do on the farm all right i mean i don't think you'd want to use it in a power company but it's good enough for us right and so what had happened was that the briggs had a floating charger that came with it the um uh the Generac did not. It came with a trickle charger. It never shuts off. And like I said, it had a bad connection where it goes into the console on the generator, so it never fit tightly. Interesting. That's why I bought the Harbor oh, Freight Centec floating charger for But so what I like to do is if you're. And uh, the Briggs charger had no indicator lights. So you really don't know what's going on. The Sentec has indicator lights, but who the heck knows if they're accurate, right? So uh, what I like to do is take this kilowatt meter and then plug the chargers for my generators in series through the kilowatt meter so this way i could see and i like to check the voltage of the battery on the generator with my voltmeter my multimeter so this way i have you know i know what the voltage is in the battery and i could see what the charger is drawing if it's doing something so like so ultimately i found out that after six years of being on for 24 hours a day uh 365 days a year that the Briggs and Stratton charger must have given up the ghost which I can't blame it like I said it's been on for six years all right so what I checked the battery on the Briggs it was fine it was 12.72 volts but if you're doing a floating charger, then your battery should have, a 12-volt battery should have about 13.2, 13.3 volts in it. So it made me suspicious of it because it should be a little bit higher because it puts a, what's called a surface charge on the battery Then than it would be standard. And so I said, geez, yeah, it's a 12.7, All right, that's fine, I mean, she's cranked over beautifully, started right up. But I said, that's a little bit, so I took my kilowatt meter, plugged it in, and at 12, and you know, you can't get any information tape, but in theory, these floating charges are supposed to kick in at around 12.6 volts, 12.7 volts, and then bring it up to like 13.2, 13.3, and shut off, and then go back and forth between it, in theory, right? So, but you can't get any information, so, uh, but that's what they're supposed to do. So what happened is that I plugged its charger into my through my kilowatt meter, and I saw that it's do, drawing nothing. So I know the thing went kaput. All right, so and then I got the the SenTech uh, from from uh, oh, I keep calling Tractor Supply Harbor oh, Freight. All right, I have like a love hate relationship with that store. I don't say I have, it's 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 not a love hate. It's probably a love like I could <laughs> disappointed in it. All right, whatever. So. So I put my Sentec in there and on the uh, to check that on because the lights are lighting up but uh, to check the uh, circuit to see if that's working and when the battery is full on the Generac which is, should be 13.3 volts then the Sentec is down to 0.3 watts draw not 3 watts Watts. So I have to keep an eye on that thing because I mean, that's that's not much of a draw whatsoever, and that seems to be working properly, but the take-home message here is if you don't have one of these kilowatt meters, there's other brands which I think are a little bit nicer that have a backlit display, the kilowatt doesn't, but have one of those. You know, you want to know what your your, your refrigerator, you want to know what your computer is drawing, whatever. It's, it's very, it's, it's so simple to use. It's inexpensive, and it's a good indicator. And I used it in this particular instance to confirm that the battery on the brig was only at 12.72 where on a float charger it should have been a little bit more than 13 volts and then so i kept the i don't trust the Sentec charger <laughs> so, for no particular reason but uh so i'm keeping the generac plugged into the Sentec and whenever i go into the garage i walk by and uh look at the kilowatt meter so it's, it's it's drawn three tenths of a volt so it's not putting any charge in in theory the battery is charged all right so i have to you know confirm that with a volt meter but that is that so keep that in the back of your mind all right now what are we talking about here uh we're gonna get back to nvh all right noise vibration and harshness so what i'm going to challenge you guys to do is that i want you to start to get a mindset oh, well, I would like for you to get a mindset It's a proper way for me to say it because I can't want anything, all right? A mindset to recognizing NVH, noise, vibration, and harshness. Now, what basically happens is that, and as I said, this always was a, was a quasi-passion of me because just like a picket fence stand, the corn would be, you know, something that a farmer would shoot for all right, is that I always was very interested in, in NVH because I knew that it was a true indicator of how of a number of things. Well, first of all, how well something is built or designed, or how well something is running. And I have to honestly say that that when I was working on my equipment, that the Generac GP8000E. Which runs fine. Nope. I mean, as much as you know, I want to give that a unit a black eye. I can't give it a black eye. It runs fine, and the Briggs runs fine. They run beautifully, but they both sound different. And you know, so many times when we only think of volume or loudness, and I'm going to give you the engineering definition of that, hopefully in a minute or two, is that but just like my voice sounds different than your voice. Some people have a radio voice. I got this gravelly, terrible, I think it's a terrible sounding voice, and these issues with my throat, and my wife always says, clear your throat, clear your throat. <clears> throat. So like I did just now. So the thing is that that's the sound of my voice. Now, the thing is that when you, when you have machinery whatever the machinery. So if you so if you turn, the, turn the, the computer on or turn the radio on and you hear me talking, let's say you to Sirius, right? And I like, come on do a commercial for my show, right? That's a hot, if you know me, that's the hot rod for me. Even if you don't know me, right? I, mean, I say now know me, but listen to my show is that you could recognize somebody's voice. So- so you could recognize a singer's voice you never met them you could recognize a radio show or an actor's voice you never met them so everybody's voice has a distinction to it and what it happens is that machinery has a distinction to its voice all right its sound the way it talks to you and what happened was that now what happened is that for example is that the generac runs fine engine runs fine started up immediately right runs fine but the engine and the, and the power head that makes the electricity has a completely different sound than my Briggs and Stratton. And if you look at the specifications, they're both 420cc engines. They're both 8,000 watts constant, 10,000 on the surge. But the design elements of them make them sound different. Now, the thing is that the Generac sounds cheap, right? Is is there anything bad with the sound? Well, it's not as pleasant a sound that the uh, that the powerhead sounds. I'm going to say marbly, like an electric drill, like a cheap electric drill. It makes it doesn't make bad noise like it's seizing it just doesn't has a higher level of nvh the engine has a higher level of nvh it's like somebody's voice sounds different than and different engines uh, engines sound different for a multitude of reasons and then if you take the Briggs, and of course i had them side by side and put this put this put the i don't know what that was put the same load on it all right and 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 do that uh the same load the brig sounds nicer all right so the thing is that we have to start to listen to our machinery and we need to listen to machinery before we buy it because you want to pay attention to how it sounds does that mean is that an indicator that's going to be good bad or indifferent it is not an indicator a hundred percent indicator but usually if something doesn't sound as nice when it is new it's probably going to sound worse going down the road right down not going down the road after you put some use on it so let's talk about measuring sound and this really came to light with uh me doing the podcast and the radio show because i always said sound could drive you crazy right? because there's so many different elements to you hum- i mean this is not a temperature controlled environment that i am recording and it's the basement of the farmhouse so if you went to a real recording studio they'd have a humidity so the humidity in the air is going to affect the, the sound of something the temperature of the air is going to affect the sound of something the barometric pressure is going to make affect the sound of something so and, i mean you could carry it to that the degree so if you're going to listen to your engine you may say well it sounds a little bit different i'm not saying better or worse different today and i'm going to explain to you what i think is better or worse all right and that's that's very, very possible, but you will also know historically what it's going to sound like. Just like you're gonna know what somebody, what your wife's voice sounds like, whether you hear her over the telephone, you hear her and is talking to you right next to you in the kitchen or in a department store, right? You're gonna be able to recognize and somebody's meowing outside. I guess they want me to hear their voice. All right, so the thing basically is that I'm gonna give you a definition, an engineering definition of sound. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it to you because I wanted to give it to you succinctly and not rambling as I do in my definitions. All right, so sound is a... Well, I'm going to add limit. Sound is a pressure wave caused when something... Vibrates so sound is vibrating so, right and so let me back up. Sound is a pressure wave caused when something vibrates, making particles bump into each other and then apart. So they crash into each other and they go apart. The particles vibrate back and forth in the direction that the wave travels but do not carried get carried along with them so when you hear sound then that is what is it, it's 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 these particles vibrating so a cat purring right vibrating cat purring All right so now there's diff, now there's different elements of sound that we historically just think of, of decibels and that's one metric one metric to measure sound by but it's not the only metric so now let's talk about volume so that is loudness all right so now volume also called loudness relates to the maximum pressure produced as particles are squeezed together as they are made to vibrate this is also related to the maximum distance particles are moved from their normal position as they vibrate much like how tall the ripples are in a in in a pool of water if you throw a rock when when you show sound waves on a graph the amplitude is the height of the wave from the middle position and reflects how loud it is so loudness which we call volume loudness of sound is measured in decibels so if you if you have deal with OSHA they say oh no that's too loud or a jet engine is this loud or this this milling machine this printing press or that engine that exhausts is. Too loud. And the automotive industry has to do drive by sound tests on production cars. So they have a specification for where the microphone is set and how far away from the vehicle, and the vehicle has to drive by at a certain speed, then it has to pass this decibel test. So, decibels is going to be volume. So, this is actually a measure of intensity loudness, which relates to how much energy the pressure wave has decibels are a relative measurement they relate the intensity of a pressure wave to a normal standard pressure for the human ear in air the quietest noises we can hear are around 10 decibels whereas sounds of 130 decibels or more are considered painful so that is loudness so as we move on to the next uh then we have pitch so now this is with every sound so pitch relates to the frequency or how many times a second the particles vibrate. So it's a hertz, it's a frequency, right? The distance between one wave and the next gives the wavelength. For sounds all traveling at the same speed, high frequency, high pitch sounds have waves very close together. Low-frequency sounds have a greater distance between each wave. An extreme example is the low-pitch calls made by a humpback whale, which could have up to 100 meters between the pressure peaks of their sound waves. All right, so that is... Pitch and frequency. The graph shows. Well, it's a picture of the graph here. As the frequency increases, the distance between the peaks of the sine wave graph increase decrease. Right. So now we have noise. All right. So now, so we have we have volume, we have pitch, frequency, we have noise. Noise is a very subjective term. It can refer to any unwanted sound, but is more correctly used to describe sound that isn't rhythmic or pure when the sound waves from a single sine sh- sine wave sine shaped wave on a graph we hear this, we hear the sound as pure as a pure note tuning forks produce a pure sound one note a single frequency and a very smooth line on a graph when we combine pure notes we can create harmonics harmonics are the basis of all musical instruments and result from overlaying pure notes noise is produced when the notes are not pure the trace on the graph is bumpy and random our ears detect this as less pleasant sensation and often try to screen it out in terms of listening underwater what we mainly hear is noise a jumbled mass of sounds with no repeating pattern or clear pure notes all righty so what does this have to do with machinery? Well, the thing is that it's very important because under the study of NVH, which is noise, vibration, and harshness, that we are used to looking at just decibels. So I have a decibel meter, and the cheap decibel meter, all right? So if I were to take a decibel reading, if I I shouldn't say if I were, i take a decibel reading of my generac using that as an example my generac generator running at with a with a resistive load of 1500 watt resistive load at let's say 10 feet from the unit there's other dynamics that come into play because you could have which way is the muffler you know facing and what have you but you try to normalize this as much as possible and let's say you get 100 decibels all right and then I go to my Briggs, and I run the same load on it, or I do everything the same, all right? And I get 70, let's say 80 decibels, all right? Well, let's say I get 100 decibels, the same the same level. But so 100 decibels, when you're listening to something, is the volume, the amplitude of the wave. What I'm talking about, that's why it's its called, okay, here's Allie. No, Allie, don't walk on the machine, Alley. Okay, I'm going to have to try to stop this for a second because she wants to go out. Okay, she just almost jumped on the soundboard, which would have been a disaster. Okay, I'm back. So Ali went out. So you could have the same decibel level, which is the loudness, but have a different quality of sound. So for instance, if I talk to you like this, hello, this is Ray the hot rod farmer or if i say hello this is ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer what i'm basically doing is i'm varying the loudness but the sound of my voice or the noise that is in my voice is not changing it's going to be turned down as far as volume is concerned so we may not hear it like the mouse in the house at night the mouse in the house at night seems to be very loud even though the noise the mouse makes is no different all right didn't would excuse me during the day and that is what the point that i'm reaching at or trying to achieve i shouldn't say reaching at is that when you listen to machinery that you have to identify are you listening to loudness all right are you listening to volume all right are you listening to pitch or are you listening to frequency or are you listening to noise so now i know i'm going to insult some people but to me you know somebody and i'm the hot rod farmer right you have a guy which with a harley I, I mean one of the worst sounding machines in to my way of thinking is a harley davidson motorcycle on the load with with no mufflers on it that's just noise As far that's just terrible noise you get some kid with a with a with a, with a car with 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 with, with Flow through uh, open. I almost say that the the type of mufflers that just make noise. All right, that's just noise. That doesn't sound. Now you could take a Harley Davidson, right? Because if you take the exhaust off of it, to me it sounds terrible. That's noise as an engine guy. That doesn't. That's that's like that's like a, a monkey pounding on a keyboard and a drum. That's not music all right and the thing is that so a lot of people like noise they like volume and noise they want to have an engine and machine that's loud all right that's just loud with a lot of noise but there's no rhythmic sound to it there's no there's no structure to it it's just noise and that's why we call it engineering noise vibration and harshness it's an unpleasant sound so now you take a harley from the factory that's all that has the proper muffler system on it right and that sounds to me that sounds very sweet right? the way the crank firing is it's different i mean it's different than, than an inline engine or or a crotch rocket but the thing is that but it's it's controlled and it's rhythmic and it's nice it's not noise all right so now what happens is that if as i was saying is that if you if you were to uh listen to my generac generator all right the decibels may not be any different than my Briggs but there is a lot of noise it's an unpleasant sound the power head sounds the engine the combustion in the engine doesn't sound as smooth and as nice all right so let's say you you, you have a combine right and you're listening to the to the header running right you're listening to your harvesting crops you have to be aware of that sound that that unit now it's going to have just like my voice is going to have an intrinsic and natural sound pattern all right then you will go but now you hear something different is it bad is it necessarily louder no because louder is volume the amplitude of the wave but its pitch its frequency has changed and that's what you need to really tune your ear into so what happened was that when i when i did my aba testing all right and I re-additized my fuel on the tractor is that yes i probably did i didn't run out of my decibel meter but oftentimes what you'll find is the decibels could still be the same level but because the frequency and the pitch has changed so much is that it doesn't seem as volume as as loud all right and sometimes it is quieter very very important for you to listen to because that is going to be a real canary in the coal mine for you with your machinery so for instance like uh i'm just using these as real life examples not tooting my horn is that we had the washing machine on he said geez that thing sounds different Right. sounds i mean it doesn't sound bad it doesn't stop banging but it sounds a little bit different and then what i so when after we went through the cycle i went over and am so i'm turning the drum around i want to feel with the drum and it's a direct drive with no belt all right and then i grabbed the agitator and the agitator bolt was coming a little bit loose so there was some play in the agitator so when it was washing you heard that play you heard it but bing, bing. it wasn't it, it, it wasn't banging all right it wasn't banging it was just a different sound just like uh you could have an animal right you you have you have uh, your cat your dog you have whatever all right and they make different sounds and you get to read those different sounds and understand those different sounds and what they mean but on your machinery it's very important for you to become familiar with it because as i said it's going to be a telltale sign of something going on now for instance on my john deere d110 lawn tractor i have a a mulch kit on it or, well a mulch plug and they, they have what do they call them three and one blades but i like i said i'm not bragging but i i love i love listening to this stuff right so and it's like anything in life if you don't it's like reading an oscilloscope all right if you don't know what good looks like then you're never gonna know what bad looks like so if you don't know what something's supposed to sound like then you cannot pick up on something has changed right so i could tell when that mower deck is loaded up with grass shavings underneath it all right and i need to i need to clean it and scrape it because the sound of the air with the blades all right changes Can, can i explain to you how it changes no I can't, I can't go and say to you, well, I know it's this or it's deeper pitch, but it changes, all right. And I say to myself, okay, I know that I gotta, I gotta, when I get done cutting the grass, or I gotta lift the deck up and I gotta, I gotta clean the deck because there's 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 clods of 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 grass stuck up underneath there from cutting damp grass, and then I scrape it off with a paint scraper, clean it, right, and then my my nice i call my helicopter sound comes back now is it drastically different no but it's different enough for for me to be able to detect it and for you but if you never listened to the mower before it's not going bang boom bang like i'm hitting rocks it just has a different different sound and i'm repeating it again to you that it would behoove you to start to learn the sound of your equipment. When it's right, so you could determine when something has changed because it's not going to usually be the loudness. If you got a connecting rod coming through, the, ready to come through the engine, that's a different sound. But you be able to, but you will be able to tell. All right, on a on a gasoline engine, diesel engine. All right, the combustion event because the sound of the combustion event that if you have better fuel in it. All right, uh, specifically on a diesel, and that's what I'm going to end up closing here with is that <clears throat> i'm going to challenge you to for your diesel engines all right so i'm going to challenge you now i use fppf total power all right so that's the product i use And the you listen to the show you know there's no sponsorship from them. there's nothing here from them, right i use fppf total power and that has that has six or seven uh, different active ingredients. It's a, that it, it it treats the fuel in six or seven different ways. So, what I'm going to ask you to do is, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that you buy whether FPPF Total Power or buy something else that is truly a C ten improver. All right, because cetane in diesel fuels is it's, its eagerness to ignite. And if you have a lower cetane fuel versus a higher cetane fuel, is that you are going to have a different combustion sound. So when I tell to you with my diesel engine or my farm tractor, when I additize the fuel, yeah, the other stuff that's anti-gel, this coal, fuel, it's not going to make any difference when it's 90 degrees out. But what I was able to hear the difference is the cetane level of the fuel. So what I'm going to so suggest for you to do is buy the additive that you want all right but it has to be a cetane improver and it has to give you some indication of your dosing rate and how much it's going to improve the cetane over whatever you pumped into the tank so if you pump 38 cetane fuel into the tank and it says well if you add so much per per gallon it's going to add, it's five points of cetane and that's what your starting point is the total fppf total power does that all right so what i'm going to ask you to do is now i want you to hit that fuel on a piece of equipment your pickup truck it could be your, your 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 tractor your combine whatever it may be i want you to hit it with a lot of cetane but first i want you to pay attention to the sound of the engine and idle and under different loads all right with the unadditized fuel then I want you to hit it and raise the seatain up five or six points put in so spend $15 all right for this additive and then and then raise it up five or six points and I want you to listen to the engine but I also want you to give it a chance all right all right because if you have a lot of if you have a lot of carbon deposits on your injectors not having proper atomized fuel then the fact that it matters it's going to skew that slightly but even with dirty injectors you you should be able to hear a marked improvement a marked difference on the combustion event, so that's why they call it diesel clatter, that's how I came up with idle chatter, it's a play on words, because the sound of a combustion event in the diesel engine is called clatter. Now, if you have a gasoline engine, and it has a propensity to go into abnormal combustion even if it has a closed loop timing control system and retards the timing when you when the, the timing is retarded you are modifying that combustion event so the actual sound of that engine you may not hear it when you listen to the radio in the car is going to sound different but you will, but if you if you train your ear you will be able to know not as it won't be excuse me as apparent with a diesel engine unless you have a gasoline direct injection engine all right but you'll be able to tell that the 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 octane quality of that fuel which is octane is the exact opposite of cetane Alright, it's the gasoline's ability to resist combustion through pressure and heat and wait for the arcing of a spark plug. You're gonna be able to tell that octane quality because it's gonna it's going to impact the combustion sound. So now there's design elements. Now, going back to my two generators, using that as an example, because it's a perfect example. They both have the same fuel, the same everything in it, all right, from the same day, from the same gas station, with the same, the same amount of tech run in it, all right, and there's a complete different combustion sound from my Generac 420cc engine versus my Briggs 420cc engine. So now you say it's a fuel is the same so those are design elements of the engine the briggs sounds nicer is the decibel level less less slightly but the combustion sound the frequency the tone of the wave all right is completely different than the generac so just like for instance if you're a diesel aficionado right and you could have you could think i get a perfectly treated fuel a, a six on the cummins has a different combustion sound than a duramax eight cylinder duramax and an eight cylinder and an eight cylinder power stroke ford right so let's even let's throw the six cylinder away forget about the duramax i mean the uh, cummins if you if you listen to a an eight cylinder Duramax versus an eight cylinder power stroke, and they're both tuned to perfection. Everything is perfection. Is that the combustion chamber? The combustion event is going to sound different, and then you're going to also pay attention why is that pickup truck louder than this one when it has the same combustion chamber because that fuel is talking to you those carbon deposits on the injector those carbon deposits on the piston are all talking to you and impacting that sound now one of the things i serviced this week is my pressure washer which is a steel rb 400 and that's made by mighty m in iowa and it has a kohler uh horizontal plane horizontal crankshaft engine all right and i you know i started that thing up and i'm running it and i ever since i i love the sound of that all right because that combustion event in that in that Kohler engine sounds beautiful that I think it's a mighty M pump on it. All right. That pump sounds beautiful. It's a, to me, it's a pleasure, pleasure to listen to. And Shaw I and said, listen, this, this, this sounds beautiful. And the, the unit doesn't shake. It doesn't have a ton of harmonics in it. It just does everything beautifully. All right. And uh, it, and you, and that's what you paid for all right so now if i'm listening to something and i say that sounds a little bit different then that's an indicator that you need to either start to look at put your hand on it feel is the pump going bad is a bearing going bad what have you so maybe this show didn't make a lot of sense but if you follow my advice humbly is that you will start to learn what every piece of equipment, every machine sounds like, whether it's your washing machine or your combine. And that is going to be the canary in a coal mine for a lot of different things going on all right, you have a you have a, a you have a planter with electric meters and you're doing a test on it, and you're running use a stethoscope and listen to those a mechanic stethoscope and listen to those meters if something sounds different in those meters they don't sound the same or almost the same then then the one that's then let's say if you have a 20 row planter and 19 of them sound the same and one sounds different well you either have 19 that are going bad or you have one that's going bad you figure that out all right so the things that it's very very important for you to to understand and embrace that noise in a machinery all right a noise in a machine is not what you want to hear you don't want a, a harley davidson with open pipes all right you don't have a mazda rotary with open pipe with an open pipe on it that is just noise. You want to have a nice sound, and that nice sound is going to be so important. And you have so many guys with hot rods. They think they just—they eh, want to make noise. Well, I, I don't know what you want to make noise for, right? Because that's just noise. That's that's not pleasant to anybody's ears, and specifically, you're probably not even your own. But you won't admit it, right? So the thing is that. So keep that in mind when you buy something. You buy electric drill, you buy it. I mean, for instance, I bought, you know, my, my uh, love-hate Harbor Freight, right? I bought it a couple of years ago, I think two years ago, I bought this little compressor, right, from Harbor Freight. It's perfect for I do put air in a well tank, pump up some tires. I have a bigger compressor. But this one, I don't need to run a bigger compressor just to put five pounds of air in a tire. Or, so it's perfect for what I use it for. I mean, the NVH on that thing is, I mean, grant it was $49, all right? i mean the nvh in that thing was, was is is terrible it's the most rough sounding i mean just every type of unpleasant noise i mean you, i plug that thing and the cats run away all right and the thing is that i mean it sounds like it's going to blow up any second right has it blown up yet no i haven't used it that much but it does not give you a level of confidence right? so But also, like I said, it's a $49 compressor from China, right? So I don't expect it to run, you know, uh, nice and smoothly and what have you as as you would uh, a Swiss watch. But... It's something to keep in mind, and hopefully, I was able to drive that, you know, drive that point home to you. Listen to the alternator on your equipment. Listen to the injection pump. Spend eighteen dollars and get a mechanic stethoscope. All right, listen, li- listen to a hydraulic system. You know. You know, when a hydraulic system talks to you and, you, you, you know, and you're trying to do something and you're moving an 11, you're talking to you, even though if it's nice and warm out, that's like riding by a field and seeing the corn already wilted or turning turning yellow, All right, Too late now, all right? Take the stethoscope and listen to your hydraulic hoses. I'm not saying you do this every five minutes, all right? Listen to you get this sound and you will be able to really, really be surprised in what sound on machinery will tell you and specifically if you have a new piece of machinery or fairly new then use that as your starting point your baseline for the sound so if you are blessed to have a new tractor listen to the hydraulic hoses all right and always listen to them in the same spot. So if you listen to them at the back of the tractor front of the tractor because it's going to change all right you'd say no i know this thing doesn't sound doesn't sound right i mean and uh there's something changed here, and the most important thing when you're diagnosing something is to identify that something changed. All right, we don't know what it is right now, but something changed. So it's the idea of something changing is what is going to give you the 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 catalyst and the impetus for you to look at something before it becomes a major failure or a major breakdown or a major expense. So. Uh, if you have any questions on this, uh, please feel free to reach out to me at Rod farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com. If you do the diesel fuel test, do that. But if you got tinny ears and you can't hear anything, then forget about it. You're not going to know the difference anyway. But do the diesel fuel test, add a, add a it, and really bump up the cetane and see what happens with the sound of the combustion event of the engine uh, idle on the load and then you will be surprised. You will teach yourself. Listen to your hydraulic system. Listen to your alternator. Listen to your generator. Listen to your refrigerator. Listen to your washing machine. Listen to everything, and it will talk to you. But we have to understand and be able to understand the language that is. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in, and know that the Hot Rod Farmers poem for you. The American farmer and rancher, my beloved America. You have a blessed day. And I'm sorry you gotta listen to this voice, this gravelly voice, which is noise, right? Pure and simple noise.